Welcome to a very festive Talker United Yellow Army Herald Express Devon Live podcast with Guy and David. Top of the league. Christmas. Top of the league. Christmas is here. The sun is shining over Devon today. <laughs> and it's, That's uh, a rarity. It certainly is. Uh, thank you very much for the Christmas messages. We've had some cards. We've had some messages. Thank you all uh, Talker United fans for those. Very nice to get them as well. It's a bit special this week. We're going to be playing quiz ball. We've been warming up for it. (laughs) We will be playing quiz ball. We've kind of worked out a format, which I'll explain to you. We've done a few Jason Fowler stretches, haven't we, beforehand? So, I'll tell you what, let's get straight into it. What's going to happen is this. All football fans love a stupid game, don't they? A, A game of their own concoction where they can be the hero of the hour. So, you, the listeners, you are Talker United, and you're playing in a thrilling top of the table clash with Exeter City and bizarrely somehow Exeter have gone into a 2-0 lead the first one never known before first one was a blatant handball obviously the second one was clearly offside but the officials didn't see it no but there you are you are talking United you're trailing 2-0 at Plainmore to Exeter and you have the opportunity to score three goals between now and the end of the podcast Get in. <laughs> it's based on the old quiz ball format, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, an old BBC game show from the 60s. Um, what we'll do... Which I'm sure all our listeners have uh, pulled up on. <laughs> I know uh, a couple of them certainly On have. the interweb, just to see how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start off, we'll give you in a few moments, we'll give you your route three questions. Now, route three... You have three questions to get to goal. You have to answer all three Relatively of them. straightforward, that's the idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you answer all three of them correctly, you'll pull a goal back. And it'll be 2-1. It'll be 2-1. A little bit later in the podcast, we'll give you your route two questions, which are a little bit tougher. And then towards the Free end... equaliser. Indeed. Towards the end, we'll give you the route one question, which will enable you to put the winner into the top corner in front of a packed mini stand from 1975. Yeah, Um, probably stoppage time. Stoppage time, absolutely. So you will have the opportunity to get those three goals back. Um, What could possibly go (laughs) Go wrong? wrong. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you the questions and then we'll give you a little pause to, to hit the pause button to get your answers together. Then we'll give you the answers. And we'll resume. And we'll resume yep. the, uh, the podcast. This has okay. been planned down to the last <laughs> second. It has. It? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Okay, so pin your ears back. Here we go with your route three questions. You need to get all three of these right if you're going to score or pull a goal back against Exeter at Playmore. Question one, who am I? I was born in South Devon in around about 1981. In May 1987, I played a pivotal role in one of the most important matches in Torquay United's history. I served the Devon and Cornwall Constabulary with distinction and later enjoyed a long and happy retirement in South Devon. Who am I? That's your first question. Your second question, against whom did Jamie Reid score his first hat-trick this season? I say first, he's only got one so far, but there will be more. So, <laughs> only a matter of... <laughs> against whom did Jamie Reid score his first hat-trick this season. And your third question is another who am I question. It's a longer one. Uh, I was born in October 1986. I started my career with Bedford Town and had already played for nine clubs before joining Torquay United in July 2011. I scored on my debut in a 2-2 draw with Burton Albion 
and in my first season at Plainmore, I was the club's top league goal scorer, although I was also sent off twice. I was top scorer again the following season, but rejected a new deal and went on to play for Burton, Newport, Kettering and Hendon. That's your third question. Right. So you have to get the answers to all three of those questions. I'm going to hit the pause button, or you sorry, you're going to hit the pause button in a few moments. Do it now. Good luck. Good luck. Okay, you're, theoretically you're now back with us. You're back in the room having answered the three questions. If you get all three of them right, you've got a goal back. The three answers are, born in South Devon, 1980 or thereabouts, was Bryn the police dog. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Reid scored his first hat-trick of the season against Eastbourne Borough. And the player uh, who scored on his debut and was the club's top league goal scorer two seasons running uh, was Rene Howe. It's 2-1. It's 2-1. Torquay have pulled a goal back. So there you go. Bear with us. We'll do something a bit more like that again a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, well done to everybody. <laughs> Christmas uh, special. All, all proper oh, podcast all listeners are uh, straight in. You'll all be in. So let's move on. Let's talk about the game last Saturday, the FA Trophy game at Boreham Wood, which threw up a surprising number of talking points for an FA Trophy defeat. Well, these, these uh, I, I have to stress, I didn't make that trip. I shall be at Hampton and Richmond when league points are at stake uh, uh, on Saturday. But um, obviously, got a pretty good idea of what went on. Spoken to a lot of people who were there, a lot of cold people yes. who were there. Uh, a couple of the United players said that they'd never been as cold on a football pitch. Somebody did they could, suggest they couldn't have been at Solihull Moors last season. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Somebody did suggest they should put a statue up to Paul Bastard there because he was there in his shorts. Well, it's just really Paul. Come on, so, look, we, we love you to bits, and we don't want you hurting yourself at this stage of your life. But uh, there's no, every, well done. There's every chance you'll be cast in bronze before the end of the season. Yeah. Well, no, no let's let's hope not. But um, uh, no, uh, FA Trophy. Um, always a potential for those ties causing more trouble than they're really worth. Yeah. Um, and from United's point of view, in many ways, so it proved. Two sendings off. A long game as well. You look at, you know, extra time, so you've got minutes, two hours in dreadful conditions. Which, which was a big part of, or was not a big part of Gary Johnson's plans. He was trying to rest a couple of people. Not a lot, but a, a, yeah. a couple. And of course, you know, one of them being somebody like Aza Hall, who's just back from injury, who has to hang out there for an hour and a half, well, yeah. for, for two, two hours, hours. Uh, in those conditions. Um, uh, and I think the result in the end, <laughs> it's a dreadful thing to say this, isn't it? It was almost kind of, well, okay. It's, <laughs> um, if there's a game to lose, and we can say this because we're fans and, and we're not the manager, but if there is a game to lose... An FA Trophy tie away at Boreham Wood. Let's get that out of the way and concentrate on the league. As Even with six thousand quid's worth of prize money at stake, yeah, uh, I think, and I really should have actually asked Gary Johnson this at the press conference today. If you could swap a, a win at Boreham Wood for three points at Hampton and Richmond this Saturday, which would you choose? Well, I have a fairly good idea I think what his answer would be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually ask the question, and and uh, um, there were some pluses. As, as Johnson was very quick to, to say, um, he managed to start with Olaf Gazela for the first time this season. Um, and what a plus that is. Yeah. Uh, played well by all accounts. And played well yeah. until he had to be yeah. sacrificed at half time because of Rory Keating's dismissal in the 38th minute. Um, uh, and the football that United played 
uh, in those conditions against Boreham Wood, who had just beaten Leighton Orient the week yeah. before, full t- decent full-time team in the National League, um, you know, gave Johnson plenty of, uh, of optimism that United, perhaps uh, with a couple of additions, who knows, and I'm sure there would be, uh, if United go up this season, could cope at that level. He put it quite strongly, didn't he? He did. He, he was know, very... He... I mean, he'd build it as this beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I remember all the way back when they, after they won at Brightlingsea in the, whatever it was, qualifying round of the FA yeah. Cup, he said he wanted a, a National League team in the next round, and I think they ended up getting Winchester City um, for this purpose, to yeah. see how United would cope against them. Well, in pretty difficult circumstances, in fact, in very difficult circumstances last Saturday, uh, especially when you throw in the the two red cards, um, by all accounts, United ticked quite yeah. a lot of those boxes. Um, uh, it's one game. It doesn't change the world. It doesn't mean that United would <laughs> swim through the National League next season. Of not, course it doesn't. Not quite the finished article yet, a- and, but and, and hugely Johnson, encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah. And he would be the first to say that. All right, he, he is a very positive up for it personality. Yeah. Uh, the cup is half full with Gary Johnson rather than half empty. Uh, and that's how he attacks life and football. And um, uh, uh, he, he he personally took quite a lot of positives out of that. Yeah. And well, why not? Absolutely. A um, couple of problems with suspensions coming up though. Two red cards. Talk. He finished the game with nine men. Yeah. I can't remember the last time that happened. No. To us. Uh, funnily enough, he, we had a little quiet chat together after after the game, and he said it did cross my mind that if we if we got another couple sent off, they'd have to abandon the match. But he said you don't you don't really want to go down that road, do you? Um, possibly not. No. Possibly. The, the, that makes me think of the West Brom Sheffield United game. Of course, yes. they played last Friday night, and everybody was talking back to that one yeah. where Sheffield United uh, went down to seven. Seven didn't they? was Neil Warnock. Manager. He was Neil Warnock was manager <laughs> there as well, um, and that one had to be called off. Yeah. That's possibly the only time it's happened in recent memory. Yeah, I can't think but, of another one. Uh, and so we've lost Kyle Cameron for one game. Yeah, he got his second booking in extra time. And Rory Keating for three. For three, a straight red card in the 38th minute. Now, I haven't seen the video of the match. Gary Johnson has, um, and the United staff. I, I've been trawling the ether to try and find it. Yeah, I haven't found it anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, um, he said the video wasn't quite clear enough to mm. back an appeal. Um, uh, but I think his argument was in the conditions um, you know we all know Rory Keating's a wholehearted player of course he is but he's not a dirty player he's not a dirty player and he certainly doesn't go in to do people Um, uh, and uh, I think the feeling was that it was maybe a yellow card Mm. yes okay possibly if he's got it slightly wrong but a red uh, um, in those circumstances, I think you know. Certainly, Gary Johnson felt it was it was harsh. Yeah. Uh, and I've spoken to quite a lot of other people who were there, and they thought it was harsh as well. But well, it's done now, and he's out it for is. three games, which is a bad, bad time of year for it to happen. Isn't so it? he won't United. be back until the New Year's Day game. No, um, and particularly since Opie Edwards, who he's been doing a pretty yeah. Uh, he, he wouldn't pretend to be an imitating Opie Edwards. They're very different animals, aren't they? But uh, he's been doing a, a shift out there on the right, yeah. right of midfield, um, and a good shift. And uh, so Johnson, with Opie Edwards, isn't going to be ready for this Saturday against Hampton and Richmond. I'm, uh, I'm told. Is that he's got a thigh strain? Has aggravated the same injury? Yeah, then? he has. Yeah, they've now had it scanned, and and the the damage is is, is not uh, it's not. 
terrible or anything yeah. like that. He'll be he'll be back in a week or two, um, but he won't be ready for this for this Saturday. So without Keating and without Edwards, yeah. Johnson has to juggle the pack a little bit. Um, and Ryan Dixon as well, missing uh, not for this weekend. Yeah. Not for this weekend. Achilles tendon injury. They're, they're trying. They've got to uh, make sure that's right. Um, Achilles, uh, uh, I've had had one or two over the years. Yeah, uh, they they can get very sore. Uh, um, That's I a remember, consequence of playing badminton, don't you? Yeah, isn't it? well, <laughs> uh, sometimes. Uh, and and oh God, do you remember all those years ago, Steve McCall, when he was playing in the nineties under under Kevin Hodges? Mm. What was he? He was about one hundred and three at the time, or whatever <laughs> it was. But what a footballer! And and. Um, uh, he was one of our Max that we forgot of course in our yeah. teams of Max and O's but um, uh, he had obviously end of career Achilles problems almost as a permanent condition um, uh, and if United got him out on the Saturday there was usually no chance of him playing on the Tuesday <laughs> night if, the, if yeah. United had a game but they can be very uh, uh, they can be hang around injuries Achilles well, I'm, uh, it's a complicated tendon back there it is and, I'm um, no medical expert but there's, there's no blood supply to the Achilles there is you there? go so and it so, doesn't mend um, easily no it doesn't mend easily so uh, you know it's not serious serious with Dixon but they're, they've got to get him right before he's, yeah. he comes back and uh, or else you run the risk of Mm. you know really putting him out so but so neither of those will be back this weekend so there's some interesting choices to be made there are uh, um gary johnson said don't worry i've decided already <laughs> but i'm not about to tell you or hampton <laughs> or richmond what we're going to do he's got a number of options he can switch kalala over yeah. to the right wing yeah. uh, you've got Aza hall to come into midfield jake andrews has played out wide on the left and done quite a good little combination yeah. with yeah. liam davis in the past they're both good players, mm-hmm. good touch, uh, um, make progress down the left-hand side. So, yeah, there's 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 options. Um, I think the squad is a little bit tight yeah. uh, at the moment, um, but it's not the time of year where a manager like Johnson can go out and start signing players left, right, and centre. Most mm-hmm. most clubs have got their squads nailed down for this Christmas period. Yeah, everybody's going to be under pressure, games and injuries. So it's only when January comes around that they start thinking. Right, we can do without him, we can do without yeah. him and, and start making changes. So I think United are heading into Christmas with what they've got. And uh, Gary Johnson has some quite interesting things to say after the game about um, referees and making, oh, this is kind of going back to the cards, isn't it? But they're making allowances for conditions well, like that. I, I think, you know, it, he, he was saying that, that when you've got conditions as they are at the moment and, and pitches are very wet, muddy, slippery, mm. Um, uh, United have played the last two games, one at Plainmore uh, when they beat Welling, and then last Saturday in high winds, yeah. uh, driving rain. Uh, you know, and I think he's saying to referees, bear this the conditions in mind a bit. In other words, what seems like a mistimed tackle, which you would normally jump on, yeah. might just be a player who can't stop himself having made a genuine attempt to try and win the ball. Okay, it may well be a tap on the head and say, look, steady on, you know, yeah. don't make me get a card out, rather than just flashing cards yeah. straight away. To be um, fair, the, the referee against Welling, whose name I've forgotten, but he actually did that a couple of times. He did. In the first half, he had a long chat with a couple of players and you could almost see him pointing around the pitch saying, look, you know, you get away with this one, but... Yeah. You know, I'm watching you next time. That's right, and and sometimes I, I think I think it's 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 when you see an incident, and it looks quite serious. I think yeah. what Gary Johnson is saying is, look, just have a little think to say, hang on a minute, 
was that made more serious by the conditions? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, is a warning, maybe, or maybe a yellow card, rather than hauling a red card out straight away, um, you know, the, the right way to go. But, yeah. you know, Johnson would be the first to say this is tough decisions for refs and, they are. and, and <laughs> we all of us tend to sit in the stand and think rather you than me but, but um, I tell you what doesn't help with the refs and I know we've touched on this before but it happened in the Welling game um, is players going down in a heap banging their hands on the ground you know almost calling for the air ambulance um, when they're not actually hurt at all they're just trying to get a card they just and, and that's not helping a and, referee and Johnson touched on that as well um, and of course, you have to be strong on that with your own players as well yeah. as the opposition. Uh, I don't think United have too many players like that. No. But I'm, you know, uh, old farts like us will immediately say, "Oh, it's the way the game's gone, and they're not built like they used to be." Well, I, I don't think that's fair in all circumstances. But I think there's this feeling, isn't it, that there's too many players are almost trying to get opponents yeah. booked. Yeah. And it's, um, it seems to have happened more this season. You know, the players right. who go down, you think, oh, blimey, he's hurt. A player goes down and keeps still yeah. or bangs their hand on the yeah. ground. And Usually, you think, if you're seriously hurt on a football pitch, you can't move. Mm. If uh, any of anybody who's ever played the game properly, when you get nailed, yeah. you tend not to want to move too much for a second or two. Yeah. If you can roll around and slap your hand on the pitch, yeah. You know, it's usually, well, hold on a minute, you're still moving and you're still in enough yeah. condition to do that. Um, and I think most fans will have watched players go down and know immediately and instinctively, oh, hold on. Yeah. Either because it's somebody who they know doesn't stay down when unless they're hurt, or somebody who they've spotted has been caught, there's no movement at all. The player is worried about moving in case yeah. he causes more damage to himself. So... Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, if there's a little Christmas message to footballers, and let's face it, most players have been caught in training. Yeah. You know, Yeah. if you've taken a few proper ones in training, you know what it's like. It's It, it hurts, etc. But, you know, if you if it's not as bad as that, you know, are you really going to try and get your opponent booked all the time? Yeah, you're all pros right. together. You're all trying to make a living at it. Especially in these conditions. Yeah. Right, quiz ball. Back to quiz ball. You are talking United. You're trailing. Let's presume you've got your route three questions oh, right. Of course they have. You're trailing two one. Yeah. It's we're into the second half now. You're deep playing into the second deep half. into the second half. You're playing towards a packed mini stand. Yeah. Um, and these are your route two questions, which you need to get both of these right. The old pop side is thoroughly <laughs> up for this. You need both of these right to score the equaliser. This is the two pass goal. The two pass goal. Possibly a slightly harder questions. I don't know if these are hard or not. But you'll have to give us some feedback and tell me. But anyway, that's a bit of fun. Here we go. Your first question. In 1999, Avion Williams scored a hat-trick on his debut for Torquay United in a 3-0 win over a team he would later go on to join. Which team was it? You and I were there and we remember it well. And your second question. Who am I? I was born on July the 8th, 1933, and played more than 300 games for West Ham before moving to Leighton Orient. As assistant manager to Franco Farrell, I helped Leicester City reach the 1969 FA Cup final, and I later went with him to be assistant at Manchester United. I managed Torquay United between January 1973 and November 1976, when an FA Cup defeat to Hillingdon Borough hastened my departure from Plainmore. 
Those are your two questions. What you now need to do is hit the pause button in order to get, pull your answers together. Good luck. We'll give you a moment or two to do that, and then we'll give you the answers. Welcome back. If you've just hit the... This, honestly, this is as if we'd rehearsed it, isn't it? Um, so the answers to your Route 2 questions. Uh, Avian Williams scored his hat-trick against Hartlepool and would later go on to join them. Interestingly, uh, Rene Howe, one of the questions before, scored on his debut against Burton Albion, Albion and he went on to join them. He did. Anyway, that's apropos of nothing at all. And the answer he scored to this, an even better goal in a 4-1 win at Burton. Is that yeah, that's what later in, that yeah. season? Later that season, it was a stonker. <laughs> right, the answer to your second question, uh, the manager between January 73 and November 76 was, of course, Malcolm Musgrove. So you've got both it's of those questions all. right. It's two all. The place is bouncing. Um, with a, going into the last few minutes, and there'll be an opportunity yeah. to score the winner a little bit later on. Sean Taylor is playing for Exeter City, and he's heading <laughs> them out from everywhere. <laughs> How is this going? This is chaos, isn't know. it? But yeah. there we go. It's um, yeah. Let's let's see how this goes. Okay. Now we talked a back little to bit, the real world. Back to the real world. Lone players we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Now we've got all these players, these terrific players on loan from Bristol City. And the, the burning question for all Torquay fans at the moment is what happens after Christmas? Because we've all kind of got it in our heads that they were Some on loan, loan up until Christmas. Yeah. What, what's the latest intel on well, that Well, we, we've we tackled uh, Gary Johnson on that again. He, he is absolutely adamant that... Um, the lone players from Bristol City uh, are with us until and unless Bristol City asks for them back. So okay. uh, the indication from that is that you know new agreements have been reached uh, and uh, on they go. Um, there is a very interesting scenario coming up over Christmas. Uh, is that um, I I'm sure it'll come as no surprise to Gulls fans that. Um, uh, Johnson Senior and Johnson Junior, uh, plus family, uh, <laughs> wives, loved ones, friends, uh, will be getting together for Christmas lunch. Uh, and uh, there is a distinct possibility that uh, there could be some trading doing <laughs> done, done, done over the Christmas uh, uh, dinner table. Uh, in fact, Gary Johnson says that <laughs> if, if Lee wants any more pigs in blankets, he's going to have to come up with a bit of extra stuffing. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and you never know, there might be a player or two, uh, uh, a new signing sorted out over the turkey and uh, cranberry sauce. But um, I can hear it now. Get, game of championship manager, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that's the situation as far as, as, as we're told. Um, so uh, we are not expecting to say cheerio to Conor Lemonhay Evans, Seku Jane, Jake Andrews in the near future. Um, Opie Edwards and or Opie yeah, Edwards. Yeah. Um, and that's good. That's good news. Fingers isn't it? That's very good well, news. Absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, you know, if if we need another one, I'm sure. Who knows? I, I'm, I should know the Bristol under twenty three squad better than I do. We but, saw them um, play, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we but, did. Uh, um, and but it, it, let's try, let's be sensible. It shouldn't just be Bristol City, and I know yeah. it isn't. Pete, Pete Johnson, that um, Gary's brother, who's the head of recruitment, is traipsing up and down every motorway in the country trying to find um, you know the couple of players that United might need to um, uh, uh, 
to get them over the line this season yeah. and to keep them top of the table. But um, no, that's the situation. It sounds, you know, pretty optimistic on that front. That's good, isn't it? And we carry that optimism forward into Saturday. Um, an away game at Hampton and Richmond. Yep. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, this looked like a quite an inviting fixture. Uh, not anymore. Um, you have to rem- remind yourselves that Hampton and Richmond got to the playoffs. Final, yeah. I think it was, last year in this yeah. division under Alan Dowson, who then cleared off and went to Woking uh, and took half a dozen players yeah. with him. Uh, Gary McCann was brought in from Hendon and brought half a dozen players <laughs> with yeah. him from Hendon. Uh, they've had a very sticky start. Apart from, <laughs> let's well, we we they gave us a bit of bloody nose, didn't they? Well, yeah, they, they they are one of the two teams to win at Playmore this season. Yeah. Obviously, um, uh, Chippenham Town are the other, um, and they've also beaten Truro at Playmore, uh, and beaten Western Super Mare. So they clearly fancy yeah. themselves against West Country opposition. Um, but they've had a wretched run through the autumn, mm. uh, and started to slide down towards the relegation zone. But they have picked up in the last few weeks. They've won a couple of games and beat Welling last Saturday 2-1, yeah. which was a great result for them. Chris Dixon, a very experienced striker, has been scoring a few goals. Um, and I think United have to expect uh, you know, a pretty sparky affair yeah. at, at um, the Beverie, as their ground uh, is, is quaintly called, um, right by the river. Uh, the yeah. other Thames up, up, up there, just down from Hampton Court. Um, and another nice West London trip there'll be a lot of girls fans making that one there will be a hell of a lot of girls fans there I think it's the yeah. start of the Christmas holiday isn't it mm-hmm. um, I know the Travel Club uh, will be decked out in <laughs> Christmas Fantastic. fair and I yeah. think there will be a, a, a great turnout of fans there which of course there was in a very modest crowd at Boreham mm. Wood last Saturday and this 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 away support business you know it's been great at Plainmore that the, 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 the crowds have you know, are picking up. Yeah, I think we're all hoping for two and a half, three thousand oh, uh, yeah. on Boxing, Boxing Day against yeah. Truro. Um, but the away support is something which the players I know from talking to them are, especially for some of the players who are fairly new to the club, who mm. moved in from outside. Quite a lot of them from other parts of the country. Um, they know how far the fans travel because yeah. they do the same journeys, uh, and. They can't get over the support away from home. You know that they, they know yeah. wherever they go in the country that they're going that their own fans are probably going yeah. to be making as much noise, if not more noise, than the, than the opposition. And it's a huge factor for them. Uh, um, Dulwich Hamlet, I remember on on what was it three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, it's astonishing away support. What four best part four hundred yeah. United fans there, um, and it's almost. It's it must be great for the players to to be running out a long way from home, yeah. to that sort of to that sort of welcome and that sort of support. Tremendous. Um, should we do the the final quiz ball question? Should we well, do it's two all. It is two all. Let's let's do that before we move on. Quiz ball, your route one question. It's two all. It's in. We're in injury time. We've just moved into injury time. The city fans at the Babacombe end are all whistling for the referee to um to bring whistle. it to an That's end. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. they're hanging on at two all now. Yeah. The pop side is more packed towards the Ellicombe end than it is at the other end. It is. They're all surging towards the goal because you have the ball at your feet, and this is your route one question. You've got two opponents in front of you, and you've got to smash it into the top corner. Yeah. You can see that top corner in front of you so here you go it's another who am I question 
Who am I? I was born in Hackney in February 1978 and am described by Wikipedia as a journeyman of lower league football. After starting my career at Millwall, I played for Leighton Orient, Partick Thistle, Brentford, Southend and Peterborough before Leroy Rossini signed me in 2004 for £75,000, which remains uh, the club's record spend. After seven goals in 38 games, I was transfer listed in 2005 and played for 14 more clubs before calling it a day. That really is a journeyman, isn't it? <laughs> so there you go. That's your route one question. If you can name that player, you will have scored the winning goal in this thrilling local derby against Exeter. So if you reach for the pause button now to get your answer ready. Welcome back. The answer to your Route 1 question, you've scored the winning goal, was Leon Constantine. Leon Constantine. £75,000. He'd scored 20-something goals for Southend the season before he came to United. Yeah. Uh, he came on loan initially uh, and did quite well on loan. And not for the first time, was never quite as good after, after no. a permanent move as, as, as when he was on loan. Um, he played for Leeds United, was one of his clubs. That, that, after, after that was after us Torquay. as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. 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 Um, Port Vale as well, yeah. I think, were yeah. one of them. Yeah, Leon Constantine. He was one of those, sort of huge, what, 6'3", something like that, yeah. uh, but couldn't head it. <laughs> uh, he, and, he, and he scored nearly all his goals for South End. I think he ended up as 28 goals the previous season. It was just unbelievable from the wing, from the right yeah. wing. Um, used to just basically cut in, I think, obviously, and get yeah. on the end of crosses from the other side and stuff like that. But he wasn't a great header of the ball. No, he wasn't. Um, but I mean, it's a long, long career, so he must oh, have had something about oh no. him. But his time at Torquay was a bit disappointing. It was. Wasn't it, it was. United got relegated at the end of the, that 2004-05 season yeah. in uh, in League What's now League One after promotion the previous year. Um, and yeah, he. he, he it, it, he, he won't go down in history as one of the greatest signings for the club, but uh, he had a very eventful career. Uh, and if you've named him, Claymore yeah, uh, is currently Playmore going completely spare. Absolutely erupted. There you go. And that's, uh, that's your Christmas quiz ball from the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, let us know. If you haven't enjoyed it, let us know and we won't do it again. But <laughs> we might try and fine-tune that for Easter or something and, yeah. and do something well similar. Well done, Guy. Back to the important business then, the uh, the big game's coming up. There's a bit of an announcement about the Truro game on Boxing Day. I've had a message through this morning from our mate Hayden, who is, who is a drummer in a local beat combo called The Weekend. Very good they are too, if you get a chance to go and see him. You have got the chance to go and see him because they're playing at Malloy's uh, at six o'clock on Boxing Day after the Torquay Truro game. The reason that Hayden wanted to let us know is because I believe the start of the gig has been put back a little bit so they can go to the game. Well done. So if you're uh, at the a loose end after the game, there you go. <laughs> Head up to Malloy's and St Mary Church and the weekend are on. And yeah. Very good they are too. Um, should be some game, shouldn't it, Boxing well, Day? Well, uh, let's have a look at this, what's coming up over the next ten day, fortnight, 10 days. You've got, uh, Gary Johnson was quite very quick to say, well, yeah, we're all looking forward to it if the pitch holds up yeah uh, and obviously everybody's got concerns about that um truro are due to play wheelstone there this saturday uh and then um, even if it doesn't rain anymore it's wet isn't it it's going to be wet yeah. um uh, and johnson was 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 you know then pointing out he said look 
in, in, in every normal circumstance, we have the dream Christmas. Yeah. He said, you won't yeah. get another Christmas as a home club. United are home for four successive matches. Yeah. Um, because obviously Truro are playing their game on New Year's Day at Plainmore. Um, they, they beat Western Supermare down at Tree Road last nil. weekend as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. 255 turned up for that. What an odd business this right. all is, it is, isn't it? Isn't it? But anyway, go. so... United have got this whole succession of home games, which, mm-hmm. in a funny way, makes this match at Hampton on Saturday even more important. Uh, United want to come back to face Truro at Playmore on Boxing Day with at least a point, if not three, yeah. under their belt from that match. Um, uh, and it's a very, at least on paper, inviting sequence, isn't it? You've got Truro home, Gloucester at home, Truro home, Slough Town at home yeah. um, in, in those four matches. Well, you'd, we, you'd fancy, not tempting fate, but you'd fancy no. that, wouldn't you? And we all, we all know that, you know, around every corner in football, uh, there's probably an accident waiting to happen. Um, is that because we've been through a few years of accidents? I don't <laughs> probably, know. Probably, yes. Um, yeah. But uh, United, I, I think one of the massive pluses of Gary Johnson's time at the club, and let's face it, he's been here, what, three and a half months, something like that. And, and we're all still well, <laughs> walking yeah. around with, with smiles on our faces. I was thinking before we started that the classic question for this time of year, what, what do you want for Christmas? And all Talkie United fans would say more of the same. Yeah. You know, every everybody's in a good position at the moment. The club's top of the league. Everybody's happy. More of the same. Yeah. Um, uh, I th- and I think this, I asked him at the press conference today about, you know, from the first day he walked in the place, United were, were in the bottom half of the table, yeah. 14 points off behind the top club, just lost at home to Chippenham Town. Yeah. And uh, from the day one, he walked in the place and pointed the club straight towards promotion and hopefully the yeah. title. It, he did, didn't he? It, he it, was talking about that six-pointer coming up quite, almost against Woking he sat down, the fortnight yeah, later. Yeah. Um, there was no... He's never projected anything other than confidence mm. and optimism. Yeah. Now, he was saying today, we said, well, that's partly my personality. That's the way I am, yeah. i.e. half full rather than half empty. Um, but he was also saying that he, he, he looked at the squad fairly quickly, mm-hmm. thought, well, these, are, these aren't bad. We should be able to do something with these. He, he drew on his experience. He's done this before. Yeah. He's managed at these levels. He's won leagues. He knows how to do it. Um, uh, and he also very quickly latched on to the fact that this was a club that could support yeah. those sort of ambitions. He realised from the volume of the away support in those first two matches that he managed, Limington Town away and Hungerford away, uh, and then came home to play Woking in his first home match. I think that was nearly two and a half thousand in yeah. his first home yeah. game. And, you know, he, he always refers to the United supporters as the 12th man. Um, and a combination of all those things, and of course, results. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he, he's, and so even now, he's not... Uh, the, the Most managers who do this to players, players must think it, it, it kind of comes over as a ramping up of the pressure. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. see it like that. He, he he sees it as something to feed off and you know uh, to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know we've been uh, we've talked about this on the podcast in recent weeks, haven't we? All, all of a sudden, players who were not in a good place 
no. before he arrived are, are suddenly you know in a much better place now we all know scoring goals winning matches keeping um, clean that, sheets that will do it for it you does, it? it does yeah. tend to help yeah. doesn't it but saying it's one thing and doing it's another yeah. Um, United haven't lost a league game yet. You know, uh, yeah. I think it's one eight drawn three. Yeah. Is it something like that? It's a remarkable um, run. That's right. United's only two defeats in seventeen games under under um, uh, 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 Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson yeah. uh, were both in cup games: yeah. the, the, the yeah. Woking FA Cup and then last Saturday at Boreham Wood. So you know, it's what's not yeah. to like. And of course, I should have asked you this beforehand. He's got Aaron Downs alongside him now. I'm, how did that go on Saturday? And of course, this is Aaron's first league match. That was this is Aaron's first league match this Saturday. Yeah. He was there for last Saturday. I I I, I think this is a, a a very very interesting appointment. Yeah. That sounds a bit funny way to say it, but but for all the right reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I hadn't realised before. You know, spoke to Aaron last week, and we we may have touched on it in the podcast that how long that he and the Johnsons have known each other. It goes all yeah. the way back to when he and Lee played together at Chesterfield. Yeah, uh, and Gary used to go up and watch Lee play for Chesterfield, and they met. Um, so when he took uh, um, Aaron Downs from Torquay to Cheltenham, yeah, four years ago. Three and a half, four years ago, I forget what it is now, to play for Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just because he quite liked the look of what he'd done at Torquay, it's because he already knew him pretty well. Um, and and actually, he, he, he'd had Aaron Downs on trial at Yeovil before he came to Torquay. Yeah. I think we went, we touched on that. But basically, that the, the, these two men have known each other a long time. Uh, uh, Aaron has had to finish, had to finish playing because injuries mm-hmm. caught up with him at what? 32, well, 33, 33 now, isn't he? Yeah. It's not... It's, no, it's you know, no age. That's yeah. right. So, and I, and I think he's known that for some time. Yeah. He even had knee issues here when he was at Plainmore. So mentally, he'd already got himself into the coaching you know, yeah. mode when he was at Torquay. He's thoroughly into it now. Johnson encouraged that at Cheltenham. And... You know, let's face it, we all hope that Aaron Downs may be a future manager of Talking United. Mm. You never know. Um, uh, you, you think back to previous Neil Warnock bringing Donna Reardon down with him from Notts yeah. County yeah. Um, 20 odd years ago. Uh, um, that was, well, and when Neil Warnock left uh, to go on to bigger and better things, Donna Reardon stepped into the shoes and did a terrific job over the next three years. So, and I think Gary Johnson, in his mind, sees Aaron Downs as a manager in future, yeah. whether it's of this club or, or another, and I'm sure Aaron Downs thinks is thinking that. Um, and it just hugely popular player, yeah, cracking bloke. Uh, uh, I'm sure he'll get a huge welcome on Boxing Day when he comes out from uh, from the United crowd. They liked him as a player. Yeah, um, he was a class act back there, um, and uh, it just. Well, as Gary Johnson said, it's completed the backroom staff. And the good thing about I mean, there has been a feeling, not always the fault of, of the people at Playmore, but you know, maybe for financial reasons, there's been a feeling over the past few years that we're sticking, we're papering over the cracks, we're sticking patches on leaks and that sort of thing, and just basically living from day to day. But the feeling now is that they're building something... You know, all the well, way you, all the way down from Clark Osborne right the way down to the fans you can't you can't argue with these sort of appointments can no. you? Uh, um, that, that they they do they are a statement of intent mm-hmm. you know about going forward um, we touched on the whole stadium thing last week and of course since then 
the council have come out with a uh, a confirmation yeah. uh, of the memorandum of understanding uh, you, to work with the club. We'll see where, well, if the, that amounts to, 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 to anything. The thing that bothers me about that, and pardon, no pun intended here, is that Torquay end up as a political football. The problem that I can see with this is that there's an election coming up in May. The yeah. councillors have an enormous amount to do between now and May. And I worry that the Torquay United issue won't be seen on its merits it'll just be seen as something to be booted around in the in the council chamber between votes. between parties and that sort of well thing. we'll see I, I i take what you you you're much closer to all of that than i am um i i haven't i i read through gordon oliver the mayor's quotes and i haven't seen a mayor talking quite as strongly like that mm. about a particular issue he really tied his colors to the mast on, on this yeah. didn't he? and said look we we need to you know not give them everything they want of course not but we need to be seen to be supportive yeah. here yeah and by the way he it was almost by implications he was firing a shot or two across one or two uh, uh, dissenting bows uh, councillor bows as if to say look um, we've got to we've got to try and encourage this sort of thing. Yeah. We can't be constantly seen as shaking our heads no. and saying no, 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 no. Um, uh, and it'll be interesting to see. I I I I was surprised that he was quite so forceful with yeah. his quotes. Well, um, what, what we don't want to see is if we, when you know who, whatever happens in the council chamber that, that a, a broken Talker United is collateral damage in this. You know, that's, yeah. that's absolutely what we do. Whichever no, way it goes, no, no, the um, the no, club no. is important to a significant number of people in Torbay, well, isn't it? I think it's important to Torbay full stop. Yeah, it's important to Torbay even the people who don't go and and aren't that interested. It, it's part of the town's profile and place yeah. in the world. You know, a, a, a Torquay, a Torbay, without Torquay United. Well, is that better or worse? Yeah. I think I think even even the people who aren't football fans would say, well, it is part of it, it is part of the town's part identity, the, fabric, the, the, the Bay's yeah. identity. Yeah. And if you're going to have it as that, well, you want it the best you possibly can. You don't want it as a passenger or a casualty. You want it as a plus point. Yeah. So. Uh, um, it follows logically then that the local authority, as one of the key influences in the town, should, you would have thought, try and be as helpful as possible. They are and have been in the past. The club's rent is pretty modest at Playmore, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's one thing. Uh, maybe, uh, and nobody's asking Torbay Council to bend over backwards to help them to, to sort of, you know, they're, they're, they have to jump through all the same planning hoops that everybody else yeah. will have to do. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we've, I, I take your point that, that you don't want the football club to be a, a, almost a vote gainer or exactly. loser. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just be seen as that. Yeah, no, that's right. Interesting times ahead. Uh, interesting times ahead for our poor old pitch as well over Christmas and New Year. Fingers so, crossed. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. I, 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 I took a step back in time to the days when by about March there was no precious little grass anywhere <laughs> on football pitches. I dropped in to see. Uh, the great Frank O'Farrell oh, yeah. uh, today. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I would probably have to shove my Christmas card through a letterbox, but no, there he was. Um, How is he? Uh, okay, fine. Good. Yes, good, he's, good. he's uh, 90, 
four, I think. Is now, he something really? Like that. Yeah. yeah, he's not yeah. quite as sprightly as he used to be, but then <laughs> who would be? It? <laughs> Which one of us is? Yes. Yeah. And, um, no, so he, he sent his best wishes to the club and, and to all the club supporters. We are talking about somebody, we have to be careful because he was a manager 50 years ago, um, mm. but, but for most older supporters, he remains uh, probably the best manager, uh, certainly in the modern era. Yeah. Um, uh, he took over from Eric Weber, who's fondly remembered by supporters who watched the club in the 50s and early 60s. But Because um, he's, he's been mentioned on the sports news quite a bit this week with what's going on at Manchester United. Do yes. you forget that he was a manager of Manchester United? He, he, he left Torquay United uh, uh, in 1968, 69, around yeah. halfway through that 68, 69 season, having taken United up from the old fourth to the third, two near misses for yeah. promotion. Um, all sorts of clubs tried to get him. He eventually went to Leicester City, um, uh, got relegated actually at the end of his first season, but took them to the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, uh, where they lost to Manchester City. Manchester I think City. It was. Yeah. Took them straight back up to the first division the following season, and on the back of that was headhunted and taken to Old Trafford uh, as one of the a series of men who tried to replace yeah. Sir Matt Busby. Uh, it didn't happen in the end. He had him top of the old first division for a while. I remember that. Um, but uh, he tried to then set about breaking up the team yeah. that had won the European Cup, which was a very old side. Uh, that you know the Bobby Charlton, Paddy Crear, and Bill yeah. Fawkes team, and and um, uh, made a few enemies doing that, and and eventually left. But um, a lot of people have drawn parallels with that era and the the difficulties that they've had post Fergie, of course. There you they? are. Very much so, uh, the, the difference is that Fergie has absented himself from the day-to-day -day running of the club and some, the late Sir Matt Busby didn't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, he was still around very much. In fact, F Frank, when he went to Old Trafford, wasn't even allowed to move into the manager's office. He was in, uh, really? until he put his foot down and insisted yeah. on it. Uh, uh, he was in a kind of a, not exactly a corner cupboard, but um, uh, which yeah. you know, was an issue which he, being a strong-minded sort of bloke, uh, tackled fairly early on, um, but uh, I—it's I, I, funny you when when you all these years later, uh, I was a young reporter, trainee reporter um, on the old Talkie Times weekly paper um, when Frank was here at yeah. at, uh, at Talkie United. Uh, he terrified me. I was absolutely <laughs> yeah. in awe of him, um, uh, and one look from one uh, annoyed look from O'Farrell was enough to silence any room. Yeah. Uh, he laughs about it now. I've told him for many years how scared I was of him, and he's horrified now that he had that effect on me. Uh, and I wasn't the only one, mind mm. you. Um, but uh, no, a, a phenomenal, phenomenally good manager. Yeah. Um, uh, could could press the right buttons with players. Uh, knew who to who to encourage. Yeah. Who to ignore. Who to beat up, <laughs> kick up the backside. Um, phenomenally driven. Um, and uh, took Torquay United on, on on a journey which they had never really uh, um, achieved before. No. I remember I used to come in from Bubby Tracy, catch the football special bus from Newton Abbott, yeah. and if I managed to get a lift with a mate, we used to have to park in St Mary Church up near the Crown and Scepter and walk to Playmore. You couldn't get anywhere. You 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 couldn't get any nearer than that to park usually, and that was a three quarters of an hour before kick off, yeah. something like that. Uh, they were happy, you know, great days and, and fondly remembered by people who were around at the time. But um, 
No, uh, um, he, he sent his best wishes to the club and all the supporters, and um, he can't get to games anymore now. He's not quite no. up to that, but um, still follows all the all the clubs. Fortunes yeah. avidly. Oh, well, Merry Christmas to Frank. Merry Christmas, Frank. Happy days and big crowds as well. We're, well, we're, we're getting back there, aren't we? We're Hopefully. Top, top of the league, decent crowds at yeah. Playmore. Wouldn't it be good to get 3,000 plus on Boxing it Day? Would. Yeah. Um, which isn't far away, is it? We won't have, we won't have met... Uh, no, we'll podcast. To... There will be a podcast next week. We'll get together somewhere next Thursday, possibly yeah. here, possibly there, possibly in a pub, or who knows. But we'll uh, we will provide you with. Uh, we will have played a podcast, Truro two games. Then. Yeah, we'll have played Hampton and Richmond Saturday, Truro Wednesday, podcast Thursday, and then another couple of games to come in quick succession. This this time of the season for football fans, it spoils you a bit, doesn't it? It's fantastic. <laughs> if it goes well. If it if goes, it goes well. well. That's true. So all that remains now, um, thank you very much for listening. Let us wish We're you... going off to celebrate this <laughs> victory over Exeter City. We are, because <laughs> we know you all got all those questions, right? Um, do come up and say hello on Boxing Day. If you hated Quiz Ball, say so. If you loved it, say so, and we'll find a way of doing it again, just because we can. Have a fabulous Christmas. Be kind to each other. Have a good time. And we'll be back with you just after the Boxing Day game. As ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.